SMS SAFM now on 41391. Late Night Conversations with Patricia Anduli, Monday to Thursday, 10 p.m. till midnight. Let's welcome our first A-team guest, and that is uh, Professor Martin Gustafsson, who's an educational, education economist um, at the Stellenbosch University. Martin, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, good evening, Patricia, and good evening to your listeners. Now, you uh, have published an article around how the matric examinations, which are the final school year examination in South Africa for grade 12 learners, is really lacking a bit of depth, if uh, I may so paraphrase. And how, how did you feel around the current system when it comes to... Um, you know, looking at what the grade 12s have acquired in terms of knowledge throughout the 12 years of studying and how does it culminate at the end of the year? Well, I mean, in, in that article in the conversation, um, yeah, I make a number of points around which I think we often lose sight of. Obviously, the matric is a very important uh, event in the annual calendar. Uh, the matric certificate makes a big difference to the lives of youths. It doesn't open all doors, but it's certainly uh, it's better than not having a matric. But I think um, some of the things I think we lose sight of um, is I think we still are a little bit too obsessed with uh, what happens at the secondary level. Um, we, I don't think we worry enough about uh, things like literacy, uh, numeracy at the primary level. Um, remember, I mean, President Ramaphosa uh, a couple of years ago said that uh, in, in the State of the Nation address that we need to ensure that all 10-year-olds can read for meaning. I mean, currently, only about a quarter of children actually can do that. So surprisingly, I mean, our, our primary learners are not learning to read as they should. So, And, and obviously, that, that, that is what... what is going to take us forward as a country to get those basics uh, right. Um, and then there are other things I think we also lose sight of. Uh, we focus very much on you know, what happens with these um, matriculants who sit for the first exams, what do they get immediately after those exams. But as I point out in that article, at any one point there's about a quarter of a million youths who are in some kind of second chance situation they didn't get the matric on the first attempt, but they're trying to get it in some other way. And, and, and I think we don't pay enough attention to that. And the statistics on that is actually, are, are actually not really available. Uh, now we're at a point where we know that grade 12 learners are, have, have, especially in this year, 2020, have had to endure such hard circumstances around COVID-19. But the school year has continued uh, with all the hiccups. Do you feel that the results for 2020 for the grade 12 learners is going to be one that will be untainted um, or is it going to be one that will need some sort of consideration or flexibility? Um, I absolutely think that uh, there will have to be a special adjustment. Um, But I think we mustn't worry too much about that. I mean, that's not about really dropping standards. I mean, remember that, that... The skills that these grade 12s have are 90% of those skills are skills that were acquired before this year. And this is just the last year in a whole cycle of schooling. 
So, um, the, you know, I think we need exceptional adjustments, but those adjustments are not going to be adjustments, you know, to deal with their fundamental kind of skills. That, that, that isn't really affected by this year. I think the adjustments are needed to deal with the fact that uh, uh, learners have not had the exam preparation that they would normally have. And just psychologically, it's been a very stressful year for students. So, and, and this is not just something we're grappling with. A lot of countries uh, ha have had to do this, and it's not easy. I mean, there was a, there was a scandal in, in England around the uh, adjustments for, uh, for, for, for their examination results. Um, it's not easy because partly we don't know exactly what those results are going to look like. like the, the matriculants are sitting for the examinations right now. I'm glad that you brought up the issue of stress, uh, uh, Professor Martin. And um, before I go to my point, I'd like to remind A-teamers that uh, it is our opportunity to speak around the richness of uh, the matric exams in South Africa. I'd like to hear from you as an A-teamer. Perhaps you've got a child who is in grade 12 or, and you're quite anxious and your child is anxious. Or perhaps you're an educator and you've observed this current curriculum year and you feel that adjustments need to be made so that the students are examined holistically as opposed to just on um, subject by subject point. The number to dial is 011-714-2006-011-714-4045. You can SMS on 41391. SMS is a charge at 150 and WhatsApps go to 0614-104-107. Now, uh, Professor Gustafo, the, the other issue here that you mentioned is the issue of stress. And I think this is one of the issues that was not really looked at um, for the grade 12 learners. And we do know that generally grade 12 is um, stressful. I remember in 2003 when I was in grade 12, I was nervous. Yes, it took 11 years for me to learn the things I had learned and it was going to be a rehash of them. But the amount of pressure that's put on anyone who's in grade 12 is, is you know, uh, unthinkable. But now with the pressure that the grade 12s have received this year, the stress, whether from home, from the economic situation, from, you know, the COVID-19, the, the change of the way that they had to learn. Do you think that this stress that they've encountered should also be accounted for when matric results are looked at because other children are not academically give, uh, gifted and they, they, they might not breeze through the, the, the grade 12 exams. Yes, yes. I mean, we, we, uh, we absolutely, we, we will need to treat the, the, the class of 2020 in a, in a different way. Um, we will have to understand what they went through. Um, universities will have to uh, adjust uh, for this cohort, for this group of uh, matriculants. And I think that, yes, you, you're, you're right that we are going to see, I think, unusual um, you know, second chance type challenges. I mean, already as it is, we have more matriculants sitting right now than ever before because the part-timers and, and, and senior certificate uh, candidates who were sitting, who were supposed to sit in the middle of the year are now sitting at this point. So there's all sorts of disruptions and misalignments. Um, and it does mean that for a lot of youths, there's going to be a whole mopping up exercise. L youths who don't get, who either don't get the matric or get a matric and they think they should actually get a better matric. These matric, the, these youths, um, 
will need to be supported. And I think this is something we had to do anyway. Uh, I don't think that we've been very good at um, focusing on these uh, second chancers. And, and I think now is the time to, be, to put this on the radar. I think government statistics around what, what, what the outcomes are of the second chance uh, programs, I think, needs to be clearer. We need to know how many youths are actually getting the matric. Um, and we need to, I think, also focus on some of the processes. And some of these processes are, of course, online, a lot of the registration and, and uh, processes. And, and just finding out, do I have enough credits now? to get my, my certificate. So practicalities. I mean, one hears stories of youths not knowing whether the subjects they've now collected, uh, you know, over the years is enough for the certificate. Um, they don't know exactly what the procedure is. You know, you can't expect a poor youth from Eastern Cape to travel, you know, 300 kilometers to an office to find out whether the certificate is now available. So all those processes need to, need, I think, need to be streamlined. Very concerning here is uh, on your article, you mentioned that in your own analysis, um, the grade 12 mathematics examination has become more difficult over the years. But the, while the marks have uh, been adjusted each year, you know, just to improve um, comparability over time. Do you feel that, um, you know, with the difficulty do you feel that our grade 12 learners are then perhaps given a disadvantage when it comes to the sort of marks they will get and entry into university because of mathematics? Um, I, yeah, I think mathematics is a, is, a, is a bit of a special case. Um, there's been considerable confusion. I mean, there, there are people who have been saying mathematics performance has been getting worse or has not been improving because of the, the, the metric results that are published each year. Uh, I mean, I've looked at this in depth. Um, I've had access to the, the, the data through the Department of Basic Education. And for me, it's, it's, it's very clear that uh, in specifically mathematics, examinations have been becoming a bit more difficult over time. So we're not looking at mathematics skills becoming worse in South Africa. What's actually happening is that the examinations are more difficult and let's remember that, that the matric exam system is designed to give certificates to youths, and those certificates are supposed to be as comparable as possible over time. But no examination system is, is ever a really good kind of tool to measure whether the system is improving. We have other things for that. These international testing programs that we participate in are, are, are much better at telling you what's happening there. And there we know, for example, that grade 9 maths results have been improving. Now, if grade 9 maths results are improving, grade 12 competencies must be improving as well. Let me go to the lines. We've got Ngonde on the line. Good evening. Good evening. You thought I was, I was quiet. I'm alive. I'm glad you are. I missed you a lot. Yes, I know you did. Man, I want the professor to clear things up for me. The quality of metric leaves much to be desired. When we first had OBE, you can call it National Curriculum Statement, or as Linda Chislom, Professor, um, had a revised National Curriculum Statement, or now you have CAPS. It doesn't matter what you have, because one of the principles of CAPS 
says, amongst other things, that the CAPS curriculum will be comparable in quality and depth to any other system in the world. That's what it says. If you read the principles of CAPS. Now, you will find that teams Trans-International in Mathematical Study, PILS, Progress International in Reading and Learning Study, SACMEC, South African Consortium in Measuring Educational Quality. It doesn't matter what you take. Our metric results for the past 20 years, especially in the quintiles 1, 2, and 3, leaves much to be desired. You will, of course, find quality in four, five quantiles. Tell me one thing, Professor. Why are we having so much obsession in Madrid when we know the contrary is true? Patricia, I listen to the radio. Thank you very much for the question, Monde. Uh, Professor Gustafsson, excuse me for that. Please, can you give us? <laughs> yeah, can you please give us a response uh, to Monday's question, of which is quite pertinent. Um, although you're not from the education department, but with your research, have you have you seen why this has been the case? Um, well, the, the, okay, if I understood the the, the, the question correctly, um, yes, yes. I mean, the, the, the caller is right that that I mean, the quality of skills that matriculants have uh, leaves a lot to be desired. Um, we need to, uh, you know, one hears, one hears from, from employers that uh, matriculants are often uh, don't have the skills to write a simple report, and these are things that, that one would expect from somebody who has completed 12 years of schooling. So, yes, I mean, they, they, there's, a, there's a need to improve uh, the quality of, of our outcomes. Um, but how to do that, I think, goes back, to my earlier point about focusing on the primary level, and I, I, I don't think that we, we we yet have the degree of of kind of emphasis that we should have. I think uh, there's some good things. I think look in the in the medium term strategic framework uh, of of government, the the the, the 2019 to 2024 five year plan, uh, which looks at, for example. Um, improving just systems that monitor what, how well children read across primary schools. I mean, let's not forget that currently we have very little idea of which schools are like r- bad reading hotspots. So it's very difficult currently for us to um, target support to those schools and to have serious conversations with the school staff where children are just not reading. Um, we need information on that. And, and there are other countries which have, which have, I think, gone about this in, in, in better ways than, than we have. We've had a bit of a bumpy ride with the annual national assessments, which I think had good intentions, but then it had all sorts of problems. We, but we, need, we cannot get away from the need to monitor how well children read, because that's what's going to change uh, the country and, and skills in future. Very concerned here that uh, we've had a mathematics exam that has leaked for grade 12s. We thought that, you know, maybe with this COVID-19, there would be better behavior in South Africa. Is it because educators are feeling sad and sorry for the students? Or is it just because we just don't 
know how to adhere to rules and regulations as a country? Um, well, I actually don't know any details about about this uh, leak. Um, leaks happen. I mean, I, 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 we'll have to see whether this year has been, you know, better or worse than than previous years. Umalusi is relatively good at at kind of making an assessment of whether things are getting better or worse, and we obviously one needs to know that so that you know one can tighten the controls uh, where that is is needed. But I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't have, I, I, I can't say much about the, 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 the this latest leak. Mm. And, um, you know, we are aware that the, the, there's a move to wanting to um, issue out grade nine certificates um, for those who want to go into vocational education. How will this then impact on the nature of the grade 12 examinations, should it happen? Uh, yeah, well, the, the point that the, this, this is a very important uh, development. Again, it's the, the, yeah, the medium-term strategic framework um, does uh, talk about the introduction of, of this Grade 9 certificate, having a, a, a national examination, um, and certainly one of the effects of that would be to facilitate the movement of learners from school to TVET colleges. Currently, TVET colleges are reluctant to take youths in who don't have a matric because the matric currently is the only way of gauging, you know, what the mathematics, language competencies, etc., are of people who want to come into TVET colleges. But TVET colleges, I mean, if you look at the national qualifications framework and where they fit in, TVET colleges are actually supposed to cater for learners who have completed grade nine. And uh, but currently they don't. Uh, they cater for older learners, so it's quite wasteful. And I think that this grade nine certificate is going to it's going to facilitate that flow. How it will affect the matric uh, within schools, uh, it's probably going to be good in the sense that it will it it, it will leave learners who are more interested in an academic stream. Uh, within schools, um, so you're not going to have learners who, in a sense, should not be in school, who should rather be in a college sitting for more academic exams in schools. Let me go to Sakila, who's on the line. Good evening, uh, Atima. How are you doing? Yes, uh, how are you? Excellent, thanks, Sakile. Yes, to you and to your guest there. You know, my, my, my contribution is, is simple. You, know? you see, it's with, with math and science, here's the uncomfortable truth people don't want to hear. You need good teachers. You see, you see once you have um, a good teacher in, the, in those two subjects, your, your work is half done. I'm telling you, in my school, it was a, a quantile two school. It does not matter whether you're quantile one or two or three or whatever. It was a quantile two school. We didn't have any resources. But we had good teachers. And... Um, <laughs> experienced teachers who have marked papers, who have, who have seen a lot of papers, who have been there you know, and seen everything, and um, we trust. Simple. They are not even difficult subjects to be to be frank. They are not even difficult. They are not at all. You just need teachers who have been there, who are experienced enough to know how you how you tackle those questions in an in, a, in an exam as an environment. Just that. The Department of Education uh, loses too much, uh, too many teachers of other fields 
because, you know, maybe education doesn't pay a lot, you know, to attract more people who are knowledgeable about the subject matter. But at the end of the day, it does not matter whether you're a school with resources or not, whether you have a pig toilet, whether you have a, a lab. If you have a good teacher, I'm, I'm telling you, you're going to pass my decision. Thank you. Thank you very much, uh, Sakile. And uh, Prof, as we wrap up, maybe comment on Sakile's um, um, comment. And uh, from there onwards, uh, just give us your parting shots. Um, yeah, of course. I mean, Sakile is right. I mean, it, 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 it's all about the human beings. It's about the teachers that, that, that children um, interact with. Um, how, can, how can we improve uh, teaching? Um, well, again, I think the, the, the MTSF um, emphasis on, um, you know, focusing on, on, on the skills that learners have, making schools accountable, but not in a clumsy way making teachers accountable. The, the problem with accountability systems uh, where you hold people responsible for what happens in the classroom is that th- those systems can easily backfire if they are badly designed and they can be seen as unfair, people cheat, and so on. So these systems need to be very well designed. I think one way of getting around some of the complications, and I think the MTSF is, is quite well focused in this regard, is to say, all right, we want teachers to teach well. Who must make sure that this happens? Well, the school principal. So instead of trying to micromanage teachers, you know, 400,000 teachers in the country, let's, let's, let's allow school principals to take the, responsi- the, the, the responsibilities they should be taking. They are the ones who should be working with teachers, making sure teachers account for what they do, at school, um, managing discipline, uh, managing the curriculum, and, 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 and so on. Uh, I think that that is, 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 is going to be the way to go. And, I mean, a further factor is that we, of course, have younger teachers moving into the system all the time. And we do have evidence that, that uh, those younger teachers coming from universities actually have relatively good subject knowledge. So that's something we need to tap into because it's something that's going to improve performance over time and probably explains some of the improvement that we have seen over the last 15 or so years. Because we have seen improvements in the international testing systems. There's no doubt about it. We still don't perform well, but there's been a fairly considerable improvement. Things were much, much worse back in, say, 2005. On that note, uh, thank you very much, Professor. And I'm hoping that we'll be able to speak uh, of the progress in the education system in the future. Thank you very much, Patricia.